Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. Okay, we are rolling. It's Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me as always is my buddy James. Just a couple dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, tonight is episode 48. And so for tonight's agenda, we're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium like we always do. Uh, then we'll do a, a brief recap of the news from around the league this past week. Uh, and then after that, we're going to start what's going to be sort of like a multi-part uh, segment here. Uh, tonight, we're going to do a 15-year draft analysis looking at just the first round. And we're going to give you uh, the worst picks from each draft slot over that period of time. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to close things off with question of the week. So uh, with all that being said, how's it going tonight, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going good, man. I'm excited for this new, uh, you know, sort of like series that we're going to be doing on this 15-year draft analysis, you know, doing the, the weakest picks tonight, the strongest picks or best picks next week. And then I think from there we're doing best by position. Is that what we were agreeing upon? Or yeah, I think it was best by position after that. Okay. Should we do weakest by position or just do the three? Yeah, we'll, do... we can figure it out. Yeah. yeah, we can figure that out. If we if we get bored, then we'll do the weakest after it. Yeah, I just want to finish on a high note. So we're doing weak tonight, then positive, and then best overall by position. I got okay. Gotcha. Uh, okay, well, here, let's jump over to Name That Stadium. So uh, this is a part of the show. Uh, we have a little bit of fun here every week. As you can see, James is out there traveling the country. He's got a different background uh, every week. It's a, a different stadium. Uh, during the regular season, he tries picking one that's usually some inspiration for like his game of the week or things like that. Uh, in the off season, it's a little different. Sometimes there's maybe some relevant news uh, or just, you know, he's just shaking it up just to shake it up. And so uh, if you're the first person that can name that stadium in our comments section, uh, if you get it right, we'll give you a special shout out next week's show. Uh, and so, James, why don't you tell us where you were at last week, man? Last week I was in Buffalo. Okay. And there's no real reason behind it. I just kind of was running behind and it's one I knew I didn't have to search for because I had previously done it. Like I think it did, did it like at the beginning of the right, like sometime during the season, there was a game in Buffalo and I knew I had it on my computer and I didn't have time to search for one because work kind of butted right up against when we started. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, well, Hey, you know, I mean, episode 48, there's bound to be some retreads, right? So it's yeah. all good. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, the, let's kick it over to the, the news from the past week. Um, and I guess I'll just start off. Uh, Drew Brees' retirement is official. I don't know what the heck took so long, but, you know, hey, that's good. They, I guess, finally checked that box on his on his paperwork or, you know, clicked the button in the system and it's all said and done now. Yeah, it. you know, I think it pro might have had something to do with um, salary cap hit. You think the June first thing? Yeah, for for some reason, because that's three months is a long time. I was, see, I I hadn't pulled the article up, but yeah, and it just seems like if it was a June first thing, you know, why are we sitting here on June eleventh? You know, couldn't they have done this? I I don't know. It, it's not a big deal. I mean, either way, the dude's retired. We knew it was happening, so it's all good. 
Yeah, I I don't know why. Like like my first instinct was that, but like he didn't file it till till June first. But I don't know. That's weird. Okay. Um, in other quarter, in fact, the only three things I got in my list are all quarterback related tonight. But uh, the next one is uh, I saw Ron Rivera is saying it's going to be an open quarterback competition in Washington. Um, you know, did you have a chance to see that? What are your thoughts on that? Is it concerning for Fitzpatrick or is it just, hey, this is just the way that Rivera operates? I think it, I, I saw it and I heard a little bit about it. And it appears to me it was it was it was more of a it's an open competition. But Fitzpatrick is the leader currently. OK, so it's yeah. like it's like they're bringing brought, brought Fitzpatrick in and intend on him being the starter unless Heineke or yeah, he, whatever, however you pronounce his name, I think it's mm-hmm. Heineke. He, unless he like blows them away and then. Okay. Type of well, thing. Yeah. And what's the other guy they got the dude they brought over from Carolina, you know, he actually, oh, uh, he played okay in some spot work, you know, maybe they're thinking, Hey, if he jumps up, we're going to give him an opportunity. I completely forgot about him. Uh, like Kyle, Kyle Allen or something. Yeah. 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 I, I, I liked the, the tape I saw on him. I liked, man. I thought there was something there with that guy, you know, and, and I maybe thought he, was, he was inconsistent. Well, I don't know. I guess I saw enough potential where I thought, hey, even if he doesn't become a starter, maybe he's got career backup written all over him. And there's something to be said for that, you know, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, hey, this is Fitz's team. It's got to be, I, you know, yeah, well, if you go back to to the playoff game against the Buccaneers, the way Heineke played in the second half, I I was like, I was questioning whether I thought Washington might have their quarterback of their future already on their team. Okay. The way he played. So, which well, kind of surprised me that they gave him a, a contract and then brought in Fitzpatrick. But, I mean, it that's also because Fitzpatrick's like a an extra coach on the sideline, too. That's why teams keep bringing him in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of his deal. He comes in until the the young buck is ready, and then they ship him out. So, I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited with Washington. Uh, I mean, you know, I love their defense, but I like the the idea of Fitzpatrick running that offense because, um, you know, he can air it out, man. You know, he, I get it. He's not like some elite guy, but you know, he can easily put up four thousand passing yards, especially with the talent they got. And, you know, with how good their defense is, it's like, wow, Washington actually has, they could be a little bit of a scary team, I think, if everything worked out. And it may not, you know, the wheels may fall off like they usually do with Fitzpatrick. I'm just saying that, you know, there's something there. Yeah, there's, there's something there that makes them enticing to everyone. So it'll be interesting to see what, what ends up happening there. For sure. Um, All right. So the last thing I had was uh, some report about Russell Wilson basically denying that he uh, asked for a trade from the Seahawks and, uh, you know, some comments about how he's in it to win it. And, you know, I, I, I mean, hey, I don't have any insider information, so I don't know what's true or not. But, man, it, it just seemed like everything we heard was that the dude wanted out of there. And, you know, you had been hearing rumors about the Chicago stuff and wherever else. And it's just, um, 
you know, I don't know. Either way, hey, you know, he's a Seahawk, and it sounds like he's happy to be a Seahawk, at least for the time being, so. Yeah, I, you know, for his agent to go on record with Schefter, that tells me there's something there. And this is just, he he's trying to repair whatever was done with him with in the off season with him asking a trade because he didn't get what he wanted. So he's just going to try, try to repair it. It's, it's all bullshit. He was trying to get traded and he, it didn't, didn't work. So it didn't work out. So he has to, yeah. has to act like it didn't happen. I mean, I tell you, I, I like his, uh, his receiving weapons. I just I wish they would just get him some more help on the offensive line, man. Mm-hmm. But exactly, you know, and, and I guess at this point, some more help on the defense. But the defense did come around last year after they brought in Carlos Dunlop. So uh, you know that, and then Jamal Adams, if he stays healthy, I I think the pieces are still kind of there on defense. They just um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a whole separate tangent. We don't need to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. So news-wise, uh, did you see anything worth mentioning that I, you know I just had those couple things? So you you missed like the biggest news of the week. Uh oh, what was it? The Julio trade. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I th- I thought that that was last week, but you're right. It's it's our it's yeah. our question of the week. We talked about it. It just happened so early that I thought we were already past it. I'm freaking exactly. myself out right now. When when you were when you were going through it, it was like I only have three things and you weren't hitting it. And I was like I was like, wait a minute, wasn't I, I had to go back and find the article to make sure Man. I was like because because I was like, Yeah, I swear it was like <laughs> Saturday or Sunday that he got traded. And so I went back and it says five days ago, I was like, Yeah, that was after that was after last week's episode. So but I can see because it was like it was like the day after or something, whatever. It was it was Sunday, so it makes sense to have thought it was happened yeah. before. Well, hey, you know it's been a long week, but the good thing is teamwork makes the dream work, and you caught it where I missed it, so thank you. And so yeah, with with the trade, okay, so Julio was traded from Atlanta to Tennessee, and um, uh, in return. Uh, Atlanta's getting Tennessee's second round pick. And then what was it? There was, I, I thought there was like a fourth and a six or something somehow getting swapped around to. It was like, it, it, oh, hold on. Look. Was it, was like, it Atlanta? Remember. Was it Atlanta getting the second and uh, fourth, but giving Julio and a sixth? So Atlanta Titans send the 2022 second round pick, 2023 fourth round pick. And they get back the 2023 sixth round pick from Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, it's weird because um, all the talk we heard about them waiting for the right offer and wanting a first round pick, this is pretty far off from that because you know it's going to be a later second round pick unless there's like some major injuries in Tennessee. And so it's like, not only did you not get a first round pick, you're getting a late second round pick. And so, you know, it makes me wonder, were there just really not that many offers or do that many people think his value is really 
taken a hit. And, and we'll get to that more in the question of the week. I just, um, I don't know. You know, when I saw that, when I saw the, the trade, I thought, hmm, I thought he was going to get more. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm kind of. And, and I mean, I, hey, you know, part of it could be, part of it could be that there's just so many good wide receivers coming out every year now. And so it's like, mm-hmm. really, how much could you pay for a guy when you could just wait and maybe get a starter in the second round, you know? Yeah. And like, if you, if I was telling you, like when we were going in and we were planning for last week's episode, I called dibs on talking about Julio to Tennessee. Yep. <laughs> and I, I've just had this feeling ever since uh, when, what I'm hearing and everything I'm hearing, it's, it appeared to be like the perfect trading partner for Atlanta. And I kick him, I'm kicking myself for changing it going into the, the episode uh-huh. because I mean, how, how perfect would that have been? I talked about how, how Julio is going to be traded to Tennessee. And then two days later he's traded to Tennessee, but I, I think he's, he, it's it's a good fit trading wise. I thought Atlanta would get a player back as opposed to like a second round pick and a player. Gotcha. Like some guy that's you know he's not that uh, Arthur Smith liked on the offense like or liked on the team last year that he knows he's not in line to get a, an extension something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because yeah he would have had some inside info from being with the Titans that you would think he could have snagged a guy. And since he didn't, yeah, he, he either must've known that nobody was really going anywhere or, you know, maybe the guys he wanted weren't going anywhere. So he just didn't go after it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I liked, um, AJ Brown's t- Twitter post afterwards. Did, oh, I did didn't see that, that. No. So apparently he, he, he posted a, a picture of uh, Jones, Henry, and Henry in in Titans jerseys, and okay. then captioned it, captioned it, "Y'all fucked up." <sighs> you know, I mean, it's there's some shock value to that, but I uh, I always get a little bit concerned when players do that because it's like, okay. You got to back it up now, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I mean, it's, it's the perfect thing for, for this offense. And the, and the reason why I thought it'd be great for Tennessee to get Julio going into it was because you have, you have the running game uh, you have, of uh, Derrick Henry. And then now it's either you, you stack the box to stop the run game and you leave, you leave yourself open to be beaten deep or you double team Julio and you leave, leave yourself open to be slashed in the run game. You, and I mean, Tannehill, I am actually considering putting money on Tannehill to win the MVP this year. That's Ooh. how much I like this fit. That's bold, man. See, I only worry about it because they're still a run first team, you know? And so unless that changes, could he get to that MVP level when you know there's going to be guys? I mean, he has put up some pretty monster stats, I guess. So it it could happen. You never know. It could happen. Yeah, but but like because you can't on um, in that Tennessee offense now, you can't focus on 
one part of the game. Like, yeah, you know, stop the run game and make Tannehill beat you by your, but with his arm. But when you add in the factor that you have Julio Jones, who catches basically everything that's thrown in his direction, it's he can beat you now yeah. in the air. And he kind of was. Yeah, he, he already was. was but yeah. now, now he really can with, I mean, you have, have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones there. And then didn't they just, they got, they have somebody else that, uh, uh, I forget, forget who it is. Like, okay. they have, uh, like a slot guy or something. Yeah. Uh, who is it? It's, uh, I'll have to look it up because I, okay. I, I can't, can't remember who, who their slot guy is. But, oh, yeah. Hey, if you, if you get it, let us know. Um, all right. What else did I miss from the news? Or was that pretty much it? Was that pretty much it? The biggest trade of, you know, freaking forever. Was that pretty much it? Um, you had some injury stuff happen. Um, it's Kyle Long. Okay. Has a, has a leg injury. Yeah. You know, not not serious, is it? You know, I mean, I guess he, he came out of retirement to go to Kansas City. And so, you know, stuff like that, you're bound to get banged up as you're getting back into shape. Yeah, like he, I'm trying to, he's expected to be just out for the preseason, I think it was, which you're right. It's not that, oh, that well, bad. It, I mean, it, it's bad enough that he's out for a couple months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it was Josh Reynolds was the other guy that. Oh, they brought him in from the Rams? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good role player under McVay. So, you know, that's good. They got a third. Um, Okay, well, so are you good there? Are you ready to kick it over to our main attraction? Yeah, I think think I'm good there. I don't think there's that much else in the news. Let me take a quick scan. Yeah, I think that was that was it. Okay. Well then move oh, on. Aaron Rodgers didn't report to training camp. Which uh, yeah, no surprise there. But yeah, that's um I mean hey the stalemate it's it's officially on. So Yeah. But but apparently Jordan loves lighting it up in uh, training camp. So, do you believe that? Well, I kind of do because it's not it's not the Packers that are putting that out. It's the okay. reporters that are like watching watching training camp that are saying he's looking really good, and it's video that's saying it. And so I I kind of believe it a little bit at least. Okay. I mean, that, that'd be good for them. Then they got some options. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm hesitant with him being active for, like, no games last year. You know, that's a bad sign. But mm-hmm. maybe he made a jump. You know, maybe maybe riding the pine was everything he needed. So, um, okay, well, here, let's kick it over. So, uh, for tonight, the main event, we are doing the worst draft picks by draft slot over the last 15 years. And uh, we're going to start at the bottom. We're going to start at 32, and we're going to work our way up to number one. 
and um, you know we're gonna rotate. I got the evens, you got the odds, and you know feel free when I'm talking. If you want to tack something on, go for it. Uh, you know I'll do the same. Uh, but you know this was interesting, and we talked about this before the show, which is that um, some of these slots, it was hard to find a guy that you could really say was a bad pick, because like they all in some way shape or form contributed and was like you know it was like weird it's like i don't want to call this guy like a weak player it's just that he's like the weakest of the group and then for other draft slots there was like a half a dozen guys where it's like wow man like none of these guys worked out and it was hard to pick which one was worse and um you know and and then and then sometimes it was maybe you got two guys but they were at such different positions it was kind of hard to say apples to apples. Yeah, this guy was worse, uh, but that's OK. You know, like this is all about just our analysis and our opinion on some things. And so looking at this. Pick number 32. All the guys picked from 2006 until this past draft 2021. Uh, I highlighted a handful of guys and. um you know, I was really, I was between two players here, and I almost went with offensive tackle Derek Sherrod, who was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in 2011. Uh, when I dug into his story, I kind of felt like I couldn't really make him the fall guy here because uh, he got rolled up on at the end of his rookie season and never really recovered from that injury. Uh, the dude played about 20 games over the course of his career, and uh, everything pre-injury looked like the guy was going to be the real deal. You know, I think he had some typical rookie struggles and whatnot, but it looked like he could, he could have been a, a player. And then, you know, you can't do anything about a, an injury like that. Uh, but there was a different guy that I think gets the pick here and that's running back David Wilson. He was drafted in 2012 by the New York giants, um, out of Virginia tech. He only played in 21 games in his career. So he got one more than Derek Sherrod. Uh, but in those 21 games, he amassed just over 500 rushing yards. And so my opinion is that for a first round running back, you could say that that's a bust. You know, you get a guy in the first round, you're expecting, you know, I don't know how many yards over however many years. Maybe he doesn't have to be a stud, but you would expect him to at least be some kind of contributor for a number of years. And they just didn't get that out of David Wilson. And so, you know, not the end of the world. It just uh, at the number 32 spot, uh, he was the worst pick I could find. So. Yeah, those were when I, when I went through it, because I, I as we talked before, I kind of kind of tried to see where you were going to go with it so mm -hmm. i could see if i could counter you at all or add anything to it and those were the two i could not decide but between them I, I think either one would have been a been a solid choice for the worst pick at that at number 32 um it, it's just how i like your logic with david wilson i think the thing that i thought with um Sherrod, it was like kind of, kind of put like I didn't want to pick him because of the injury. Yeah. But then again, 
you kind of got to factor that in because he you do he, he only played in a total of 256 snaps in his NFL career. But you're right, the injury is you kind of don't want to kill him because of the injury. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, you know, had David Wilson not been in this group, I think I would have been like, oh, it's got to be him. But, you know, I looked at David Wilson, and I'm like, man, he just, for a first-round running back, just didn't do anything. So it just, yeah. you know, uh, I think that that gets way more attention. And then, plus, I it gave me the ability to play the sympathy card on Sherrod. So uh, that was that was what I did here. Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you give me 31, man? So at, at 31, when I went through it, I mean, there were uh, two strong candidates I saw. Okay. As it was Beanie Wells, who was who was picked in 2009 by the Cardinals at running back, and it was Stephon Anthony, who was 2015 by the Saints. And yep. ultimately, I I think it's Stephon Anthony. Like he played, they both played about the same amount, same years. But when you dig into Beanie Wells' stats, he at least had one 1,000 yard season. Yeah, yeah. And Stephon Anthony started I what. what like five games, not and he started in 2015, and that was it. And then he was traded. He was they ultimately gave up on him and traded him in 2017. So he was there for what two and a half years, and they got rid of his ass. And then in 2018, he was basically out of the league. And he, I mean, he signed. He was off signed as practice squad player. And this and that, but he never, never. He at thirty one and at at the at the linebacker position. Like when you get to these, like you look at some of the line, like a linebacker that was picked at thirty one, for instance, in seventeen, Reuben Foster. He had a solid career, or Malcolm Malcolm Brown at th- was picked at thirty two. You could have gone elsewhere with this pick and par- probably gotten a better a better player. Okay, I got you. Oh man, I I must have uh, some bad stats on Reuben Foster. I had him down lower, but I still agree with Stefan Anthony that uh, you know he had a rough run, and yeah, I would at least give Beanie Wells the edge just because you know I, I'm looking at some of the stats, and Beanie Wells had almost 2,500 rushing yards. You know, I mean that's uh, <laughs> far surpasses what we got from David Wilson at 32. Yeah, so you know. Uh, okay. All right. Where did you have Ruben Foster? Yeah. In fact, here, I'm going to Google it because my, uh, my source here, I don't know what, what happened, but, um, uh, let me just look it up real quick. I was, I got the, uh, pro football reference stats and, um, Man, they only had him having like 80-something tackles in his career, which when I saw it, I thought, man, that can't be right. Really? I don't know, know, man. I'm looking at it on NFL.com. They're saying he only had 84 total tackles. I don't know why I thought he hung around and bounced around on a couple teams. Maybe he just did as a backup. Reuben Foster, right? Like he's still in the league. I'm showing 2017, 58 tackles, 2018, 26 tackles, nothing in 19 or 20. 
but it's well, it yeah, shows, but it in, shows 19, that he's, in 19, he tours ACL and LCL. Okay. And it shows that he's on the Washington football team, but he didn't, he didn't have anything in 19 or 20. So, well, Hey, yeah, he I was, mean, so, he was, he was, but he was on the injured list for 19 and 20. Yeah, yeah. And so right there, that's your edge is that he's still playing. He's still got a shot. So yeah, it, yeah. it just firms up the stuff on Anthony pick even more. So that's good. No, like I said, it was confusing when I saw 84 tackles. I'm like, man, I thought, I thought this guy had something going on, man. Uh, okay. So moving up to pick number 30. Uh, so this is one where uh, I looked around, there were a couple guys, just like, you know, some of them are, uh, but it ended up being a fairly easy pick for me here. I went with wide receiver, AJ Jenkins. Uh, he was drafted out of Illinois by the San Francisco 49ers uh, back in 2012. And this pick was really just kind of like a classic swing and miss pick. Uh, the guy was only active for three games in his entire rookie season. Obviously, that's not what you want from a first-round guy. Uh, and then over his couple-year career, uh, he played in 28 games and had a total of 223 reception yards. And so, you know, there were a couple other scrubs in this spot, like Craig Davis with the Chargers, uh, but none of them were quite to this degree. So your audio is kind of messing up. I don't know if it was on my side or your side. So, uh, yeah, I thought you were AJ Jenkins, with... Bing Bang Boom. Yeah, no, no, I I was able to hear it, but it kind of kind of was messing up. So I thought I thought you were gonna go with Craig Davis. Um, he he would have been a solid pick. A Jenkins is is a solid pick solid pick for the worst there. Um, Javid Best is a good pick for or a bat a yeah a solid so me... choice for the worst pick there. All right, so let me let me I guess just give you my two cents on both those guys. So for Craig Davis, I didn't pick him because if you just compared him to Jenkins, he like a little more than doubled him in receiving yards. And so I thought okay, yeah. you know, they both had a very short career. Davis had 25 games, Jenkins had 28. Uh but Davis was a little bit more productive, and so I thought okay, mm -hmm. you go with Jenkins there. With Javid Best, you know, the dude only played in 22 games, okay? And so it was less than either of those other guys. But when he played, he did have some some splash, some pop. He had 945 yards rushing uh, plus 774 yards receiving. And so I kind of thought, you know, this was another one where his was more about that injury, that, that brain thing that he had going on. Uh, than it really was anything else, and that had he had a, a larger sample size, I think he would have put these guys in the dust. Okay, I mean, and that, that makes sense. Um, it's just that that makes sense with Job and Best. I just I'm really down on him because, and it, it's it's the injury, and I I for, kept forgetting about forgetting about the injury with him, and it's not not necessarily right to kill the guys because of the injuries. But, but no, you could, I, you could go there if you want. I mean, hey, it's, you know, we all get our own opinion. Yeah. You want you want to pick on a hobbled guy, James? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, hey, it was, it was, a it, honestly, it was a sad story because he was a lion and, you know, we wanted him to be good and coming out of Cal, he had a lot of potential and it just, uh, 
yeah, sadly, man, it didn't work out. But, you know, when he did play, he did have like some splash games where it was like, oh, man, there could be something there with this guy. And it, and it you know, the, the injury thing just kind of knocked it out for him. Uh, but here, why don't you give me uh, 29 and I'll, I just got to step out for a second. I'll be right back, but I can hear you. All right. So 29, uh, I mean, there's an obvious, obvious choice for this one at 29. It's Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson, who was drafted in 2020 by the Titans. And in all accounts, this guy was basically a head case when he got in the league. And then he had, he had some issues. I don't know. It's not clear what his off the field issues were i and i tried to dig into it and find out but it's not necessarily clear and into going into the off season after the off season so he played one year one year at tennessee and they traded him to miami yep and then miami caught him and and it was just days after the trade that they cut him. It wasn't like weeks. It was. It wasn't a month. It was like a few within days. So he's got. He's the clear cut choice as the worst pick at number twenty nine. Yeah, I agree with you on that, man. Yeah, he he just fizzled out before it ever even got going for him. And it's a tough one because I've heard some of the mental health stuff there, and you know you you hope that that's not a factor for the guy. Uh, and if it is. Maybe he figures it out and he, he lands somewhere maybe this season or next season and he can kind of get it back on track. Uh, and then we can go and revisit this list because there are a handful of other guys that I think are worth talking about sort of at like kind of like the bottom of the barrel. But, you know, uh, yeah, I agree with you. He takes it for now. That's for sure. All right. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, in here, I'll just I'll, I'll point out one just so we don't make him feel totally bad. Uh, Robert Kimdiche out of Arizona. Man, that guy had so much freaking hype when he came out uh, back in 2016. And, you know, here we are, however many years later, 26 tackles. I mean, it just that was not a not a good pick. But uh, eh, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just when when I when I looked at at number 29 it's just Isaiah Wilson just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb there it's and I didn't I didn't really because of the situation of him being traded and cut like within like a year of him being drafted it's a bad situation it's it's a bad situation and I kind of didn't look into the other guys because that one yeah mental health you don't want to pick on the guy because of mental health but it's still at and as a first-round pick, you expect them to be oh, on the yeah. team for more, yeah. more than no, a year. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's like you know you can't you can't give all these guys a free pass because of injuries and stuff. If it's a bad pick, it's a bad pick, and it's you know it, it's not it's not necessarily his fault if it's a mental health thing. It's just we're just calling it what it was. It was just not a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so at twenty-eight, and James, hopefully I get the evens again next week for the best player at that position or at that slot, because, uh, I, I see my boy here, Joe Staley from central Michigan. Uh, and you know, I want to pump him up next week, but we'll, we'll worry about that oh, next week. There's this. Yeah. But 20, 28, when you go through, go through the, the, if you, for the best, you have a lot of good choices 
there. Oh, well, well, There's, you know, I think Joe Staley is going to take it. I'm just saying. Or, or, I'm just saying. or Terrell Edmonds, Tomlinson, eh, uh, Mark eh. Ingram. I, I can see I can see why you would say Joe Staley would take it. Yeah. But I'm saying there's there's no, a there's, lot of yeah there's good there's some good players there. yeah no I got you uh, all right but so for tonight we're doing the worst pick and so um, I almost flipped a coin here because I was between two guys I was between uh, offensive guard Joshua Garnett and defensive end Taco Charlton uh, ultimately I'm going with Garnett uh, because Charlton's still floating around in the league it's a backup capacity but he's still got it rocking. And Garnett, uh, I think, man, I I vaguely remember, you know, back in 2016 when San Francisco drafted him, there was a lot of talk that they thought he was overdrafted. And I know that, um, I think it was 2017, he missed the entire year due to injury. uh, And then he ended up retiring this past year. Uh, And so I'm not really sure, you know, what else to say or do with the guy, except it's one of these ones where, you know, he just couldn't beat the injury bug and he never came back. And, you know, when I looked at all the other people in here, there wasn't really too many other guys like down kind of at that level. And so, you know, sadly, he's the pick. And, you know, I, I think, hey, he hung him up. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the guy's OK, you know. Yeah, I those were the two that I th- one of those two, I thought you you would pick. I thought I thought there were a lot of, like I said, a lot of solid good pick, a lot of solid picks yeah, here. Yeah. And there's, there's, those were the two that kind of stuck, stuck out as, as the bad ones. And I would, I, it would, I see why you pick Garnett over Charlton. Yeah. And I mean, Garnett, you know, 25 games at Charlton at 44, you know, and so it just kind of in, in, in his number still going up, you know, I think he's, uh, I think the last I, you know, I saw he was floating around with Kansas City unless he swapped teams this offseason. But, you know, his story continues. And, and for Garnett, it, it ended there at the 25 games. And so, um, you know, for that batch of guys, that was the pick. But yeah. uh, why don't you give me 27? So 27, this one was a hard one for me because I thought there were not that many players you could say were that <sighs> that bad of a pick here yeah i'm going through it right now you're right about that and so this one is kind of it's more of a knock on the team okay than the player because and and that and that's rashad penny oh gotcha he's he's probably the worst pick here because i think he has had the potential to be a good running back in the league. Seattle just has not figured out how to use him. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, you'd think for a first round pick, he would have gotten more involved by now. And I don't know if it's just that offense. They like having the, the Chris Carson ground and pound. And yeah, they just, they can't figure out how to get the most out of Penny, but you know, first round pick, I'm sure some talents there. It's just, man, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, you know, drafted in 2018 between his rushing and receiving, he's still shy of a thousand yards. It's just like, come on, let's get it going with this guy or trade him. Yeah. Well, well, he did have like, he, he did have, didn't he miss all of uh, like, was it 19? Yeah. You know, he did have, he did have uh, an injury year. Yeah. 
But he missed a full season, I thought it was, or close to a full season with a pretty serious in- injury. But it's still, they should have figured out how to how to use him by now and get him into yeah. involved in the game. Like I mean, he had he did have uh, 130 yards and a touchdown against uh, Philly in 19. So yes. yeah, he. Potential he, play, he appeared in 10 games and had 370 rushing yards in 2019. And then 2020, um, he was on the pup list to start the regular season because he, he finished 19 injured. Yeah, yeah, because they brought I remember they yeah, brought Carlos his, Hyde, he tore, yeah. He tore his ACL in week 14 in 2019 and then basically was activated the end of 2020. And then... I mean, and and then oh, they, I didn't, I missed that. They didn't exercise the fifth year option for him, so this is going to be his last year there. Yeah, they they probably want to make sure he's okay from injury, but you know, I think that you know his story is still playing, and um, it's uh, I'm looking at this this slot man, 27. You know, there's a lot of guys on there that that they did stuff. It it it'd be hard <laughs> to pick a guy. I mean, I don't even know who you would pick other than Rashad Penny, to be honest. You know, like it, it'd be tough. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and if Rashad Penny, if he gets on track and puts it together, the next time we do this, it's going to be a lot harder to figure out. That's for sure. Yeah. And Rashad Penny, I think, think it's, it, considering what he did in college, his career has been a disappointment. Like if you look look yeah. at his, his stats yeah. and his senior year or his last year in college, he had almost 2,300 yards rushing. Yeah. Yeah. The talent's there. So, I mean, the talent, talent is definitely there. It's just, they haven't used him right at all. No, no, no. Um, okay. So I'm looking at 26 now and you know, there were a handful here, James, honestly, um, you could have you could have gone in some different directions here, or I could have gone in some different directions in here. Uh, but you know, there was one name in particular that stuck out, and I'm not picking on the guy, but uh, quarterback Paxton Lynch, drafted in 2016 by the Broncos, and basically out of the league by the end of 2017. I know he's kind of floated around on some practice squads. Uh, I think he was on like the Pittsburgh practice squad in 2019 at one point. But I mean, this is a guy that it just, I don't know. He, he only played in five games, 792 career passing yards. And, you know, it just, when you, when you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're expecting something more than that. And so, you know, I don't know if this is his fault or necessarily, or if it was just Denver, like totally misevaluated and ended up knee jerk and going in a different direction because we know John Elway has been like quarterback crazy, uh, trying to find the, you know, the Peyton Manning successor, which may or may not Mm -hmm. ever come. But, um, you know, there were a few other guys here that kind of, they were in that bottom tier. It just, with him only hitting five games, he ends up taking the cake here. Yeah. The the one pushback on that I, I would give you is the drafting of Paxton Lynch, while, yeah, he didn't pan out in the league, Denver didn't have 
the most talented quarterback in the history of the league on their team when they drafted Paxton Lynch. The drafting of Paxton Lynch didn't cause the most talented quarterback in the league, in the history of the league, to say, fuck you guys, I want the fuck out of here. <laughs> is is and, that something to do with Green Bay? Did I hear yes. in that tone? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And that, and that's why Jordan Love would have been my selection for the worst pick at 26. Okay. Uh, I got you. Yeah, you're doing it. You would you would have been doing it based on the principle. See, I guess when I was looking at it, I thought, you know, Jordan Love's story is like still yet to be written. Mm-hmm. And so like I kind of thought I can't do anything with that yet. Paxton Lynch's is already done. And so um, but no, no, that's a, that's a great way of looking at it. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because I mean, it's that's it, the whole situation in Green Bay started with them drafting Jordan Love. And it's, you have Aaron Rodgers, you win 13, you win 11 to 13 games a year with Aaron Rodgers. Why the fuck are you going to try to draft his replacement? Yeah, so it's it's not the player is the weakest pick. Mm -hmm. It was the team in that scenario made the weakest pick. Well, Jordan Love, what shouldn't have been a first round pick in the first place. Um, I, oh, I so totally it's a little bit that. of both. It's a little, it's a bit, little of bit of both. Okay. I think I, I just, but I think that, that they reach on him and they're causing, they're basically blowing up the franchise because of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not holding it against him. I guess that's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, and I totally understand. I totally respect that. That's, just I'm only going I after the players it. here tonight, James. I'm only going after the players. You want to go against the organization? That's like taking it to level 11, man. Well, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> All right, give so me 20. Oh, on yeah, to 25, yeah. Yeah, speaking 25. of going against the organization, the worst pick at 26, in your opinion, is Paxson Lynch, who was drafted by the Broncos. At 25, the worst pick happened in 2010, drafted by the Broncos, Tim Tebow. Way to go, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. And I thought drafting him as as a quarterback, there's just just the whole situation around it. He he was probably the greatest college quarterback to play the game. Probably the most impressive college quarterback to play the game. His game just did not translate to the NFL. No. No, I agree with you on that. I I will say this. He did win a playoff game. He did win a playoff game. And that's more than Matt Stafford has done. Yes, I understand that. But, yeah, this was a bad pick. This was a really bad pick. And, you know, I I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He he showed up in 35 games, 2,400 passing yards, 989 rushing yards. And, and he was in that many games, if I recall, because wasn't he doing like wildcat stuff with like the Jets or wherever else, like later on after Denver? And so, you know, he just he became like a gadget guy. And even even then, you know, not like a gadget guy like uh, Taysom Hill, like it was I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. And when you look at a lot of the other players in this slot, 
there's like a pretty big divide. Tebow's the obvious pick here. Exactly. All right, we're kicking it up to 24. Uh, Oh, before before we go on, we should – there's there's a couple things to note that uh, at 31 and 29 that I completely forgot and it just occurred to me. Oh. In in, in 2016 – I could have taken the cop out at 29 and said New England's pick was the worst pick because it was a forfeited pick. Oh, because of the organization. So you're taking it to level 11 again, James. And and in at 31, for I could have said New England's pick in 2008 because that was another forfeited pick. But I chose not to go there. Okay, okay. But you did go there just after the fact. Well, I just I just figured I I'd point out that some of the picks at 32 that we're we're looking at technically that we looked at were technically second round picks. <laughs> um. Oh, see, I didn't even put them in. I didn't even put them on my page. Those guys that you're talking about, I only looked at. Yeah, but all right, all right yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Um. Okay. All right. So the 24. 24 before I get confused. Uh, this one, I was torn between two guys and, uh, it was uh, defensive end Bjorn Werner and cornerback Gary and Conley. Uh, ultimately I'm going with Bjorn Werner here as the weakest link. Uh, he played in 38 games compared to Conley's 31. I'm giving him the I'm giving Conley the edge to beat him out because I do like that Conley got the four interceptions. And so it's kind of like, okay, you know, you really didn't have a great run, but you got a couple picks. You know, those count for something to me. Uh, Werner got six and a half sacks. It just doesn't have the same kind of shine as those four picks, in my opinion. And I remember Bjorn Werner when he came out. You know, he was this guy out of Germany, just like this physical, you know, supposed to be like, just kind of like a beast. And it just didn't happen. Uh, but then on top of that, looking at the tackles, Conley actually had seven more solo tackles than Werner. And I, I get it. Apples to oranges, different positions, but it just, um, I don't know. I, I wanted that guy to be good and it just didn't happen. And, you know, Indy, Hey, it, it sucks. It didn't work for you, man. Yeah, I can't argue with with Warner. I I think the what what I had read about him when I, when I was when I was looking into it was it was drafting him that high was confusing to people. <laughs> I I think it was all based on it, it was like one of those oh he's like a physical specimen and he's raw, but if he develops, he's going to be great and. It was like, how many times do you hear that story? And the guys, you know, you got to be a football player, man. Yeah, and and if you if if you go to to Pro Football Focus, apparently his first three years, he had pass rushing grades of forty nine point nine, fifty seven point two, and fifty point five, which is pretty shitty. <laughs> Don't hold back, man. Don't hold back. Uh, okay, give me 23. All right, so 23. There's some 
good picks here. Some picks, some players I don't like. I don't like here, but that's just because I don't think they're very talented, and I think this particular player cost his team a game, which cost his team a playoff spot last year. But um, okay, I didn't. I didn't go with him. I okay. ended up going with Danny Watkins. Oh, okay. He was a uh, offensive guard who apparently. retired to become a firefighter. Okay. Because that was his dream. Not playing in the NFL, being a firefighter was his dream. See, I I remember the name, but I don't remember if he was decent. If And, and he's an offensive lineman, so there's not really stats on him. You know, if he was like a linebacker, you'd see how many tackles he had or whatever. And so... I don't remember if he was good. I'm, I'm looking at basically the only stat I can get is that he, he played in 24 games over a couple-year period of time. So when he was drafted, he was 26. He was he was the oh old, he was a late bloomer. Okay, he's the oldest first round first round selection since 1971. Gotcha. Um, but but uh, let me see. He was he was projected to start his rookie season, and instead they signed Kellen Devon off waivers to start the season, and bench Watkins. Okay. Yeah, no dice. It just wasn't meant to be for that guy. He started. Uh, Week five, and God, that's just bad. He ultimately was released in two years later, and then signed with Miami, and then he retired. Okay. Like nothing. Like that's all I can see on his. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, and he, but he was drafted also into the CFL too. But okay, yeah, okay. Didn't play uh, yeah. there. Dan- Danny Watkins. Danny Watkins. Um, okay, so at twenty-two, kicking it up a spot. Uh, this one you could pick your poison on. Uh, there was really three guys that I was kind of bouncing around with, and um, all three of them shined all sorts of potential coming out of college and all three fizzled out in very different ways. Um, and I was between quarterback Brady Quinn, quarterback Johnny Manziel and wide receiver, Josh Doxson. Quinn just horribly inaccurate, man. I mean, the guy, he just, he didn't have that kind of arm for the NFL level. Another one of these like great college quarterbacks just couldn't translate to the NFL. Manziel, cocky, troublemaker, all sorts of off-the-field issues. And Doxson, I don't even know what happened with that guy. It's just like he just couldn't make the transition because he got a lot of opportunity. It just never came together. And all three of them are out of the league at this point. 
and, and since I got to pick one, I guess it's really they're really not that close. But I, I'm going Johnny Manziel because he only played in 14 games. Uh, you know, at least Brady Quinn got into 24 games, and you know Brady Quinn was trying. Manziel, I, I just doubt that he was ever even serious about it to begin with. So, yeah. So, a uh, thing with Doxson is Doxson's still in the league. Oh, yes. I show that uh, 19 was his last year. Maybe he, well, he, uh, he he opted out of 20 because of COVID. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. He was he was he was released last month by the New York Jets. OK, well, but, so he's still trying. He's still trying. Yeah, he's still trying. I gotcha. He had. OK. And, and at least I mean, he he had in 17 and 18, he he had 500 yards total yeah. for the season. So, I mean, that's not terrible. Yeah, I can't kill him. I can't kill him, you know, compared to Quinn and Manziel. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't he, he wasn't really on on my list. It was just between Quinn and Manziel. And I I think Quinn had. If you can call Quinn's career. Anything of a success, it was better than Johnny Manziel's. At least he had effort, right? Yeah. But then again, Manziel, Manziel, I think his problem was more of an addiction problem than a playing problem. Okay, so you're going back to the health thing. Oh, man. We're, we're all ailing. We're all ailing. All right, 21, James. All right, so at 21, I thought there were a lot of good picks at 21. Okay. Um, and I want to pull up his stats really quick for for the guy I went I ultimately chose and he was drafted by the New England Patriots okay and it was uh Lawrence Maroney oh okay running back he had a four-year career which is apparently which is about average for a running back yeah but but he didn't do shit. Like, <laughs> he, I mean, he, okay, he did a little bit, but he had total in 49 games, had 2,500 yards. Okay. Rushing. And he, I mean, he just, with as much as, he did in college. I thought it was a little bit of disappointment. Like he had, he was he was the first Minnesota Golden Gopher to rush for a thousand yards in each of his first three seasons. He had a total of almost four thousand yards in his college career, and to go from that, and that was in the Big Ten, and you, and you know the Big Ten is it's back in uh, in the early two thousands. It was that. Tough defense, yeah. Um, tough defense, running, running game, stop, like stop the run, and uh, it's just for for him to have that type of career in college, and two of the years, no, three of the years, three of his years, he was splitting, he he was splitting duties with another running back, and to have okay. a thousand yards in three in those three years. 
his first three years, he was splitting duties with Marion Barber and then Gary Russell. And he still had a thousand yards rushing. Yeah, I remember when he got drafted and there was some hype that he was going to be like the bell cow in New England. And I just don't really remember that far back was that, you know, the, the Bellatrix of like, you know, having 15 running backs in the mix, you know, I mean, maybe back then was like Woodhead was there and, you know, like all the different guys they kind of had rotating around and, you know, either way, it's like, Hey, you know, like if you were that good, you should have been able to, you know, cream rise to the top, but it just didn't happen for the guy. Yeah. And he, he showed some flashes. It's just, yeah, never amounted to anything. So I would say that, you know, I'm good with that. I would put a guy on notice, though, which is uh, Cincinnati's center, Billy Price. Mm-hmm. And and I know he came out, and I think he, like, tore his pectoral in his rookie season. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I just, look, that guy, he's got to get his shit together. Uh, or, he, you know, he'll be, like, flirting with that pick, I think, in a few years if he doesn't turn it around. Yeah, I could give you that. He was he he was he was on the list, but I just thought I thought there was so much expected about expected from Maroney and what he showed was not yeah. not even close to what was expected. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, well hey, let's kick it up to pick number twenty. And so uh for this one, look, I'm just gonna start off by saying this was one of these spots in the draft where I looked at this group of guys, and honestly, I really don't think there was a horrible pick at this spot. I think all of these guys contributed in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, only for the fact that I got to pick the worst pick at this slot, I'm going with tight end Brandon Pettigrew. Uh, And he actually, like I said, I, I think, you know, these guys did great. I think he actually had a pretty good career. It was just underwhelming when you consider that he was a tight end drafted this high. And so really, mm-hmm. like, that's my reason for him being the pick here. And and I remember Pettigrew, obviously he was a lion. Uh, he was a great blocker. And that's not to say that he couldn't catch the ball, but he was a little bit one-dimensional. And I think that when you look at that, it's hard to justify uh, him going this high in the draft. And so, um, you know, I had to pick a guy. That's my guy, man. Yeah. I would, I would say that if he, if he wasn't still in the league, a guy that would be on notice would have been, would have been Nelson Aguilar. I think that he's, he's had a disappointing career. I don't, I really don't think he can catch the ball with any consistency. And the other, the other one I would put on notice in a couple of years, who's seeming appearing to be a disappointment, is another tight end, Noah Fant. And I don't know yeah, if that's because of, I don't know if that's because of the quarterback or if it's because of him. And I, and that's what's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, this is kind of like a make or break year for Noah Fant a little bit. You know. Yeah. If, if he doesn't make it happen now, I, I think people are going to give up on the guy. Um, okay, well, here, let's go up to 19. So at 19, this is another one where there, there's, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of good players picked here. And what it, what it boiled down to is this guy, he played, I mean, he played, had what, five, 2012, six, six seasons, which isn't that bad. But I just don't think he was, it was a fit. In, in six seasons, 66 games, he, he has less than two tackles a game. Mm-hmm. Um, less than two solo tackles a game. Uh, less than three combined tackles a game. And that is Shane McClellan, who was picked in 2012 from the Bears. I thought... I thought up until his injury, I, Juwan James was having a solid career. Um, so, I mean, it's just like I could have gone with with Weatherspoon, but I just think I think those were like the two that I could have yeah. picked here. And yeah. I just think Shay McClellan was a they was kind of a the Bears trying to force him in. Okay. And he just didn't fit their their it didn't fit there at all. I got you. Yeah, and when I looked at this group, I I was leaning towards uh, Jeff Ota from Carolina only because of the duration, you know, having only made it through 29 games. And it was tough because I remember early in his career, he was solid. And then it's like he just fell off a cliff and fell out of the league. And so, um, you know. I, I don't even really know what the heck happened to the guy. I remember him being good, and I'm sitting here looking at 29 games, and it's just like, geez, man, did it really end that quick? Whew. Yeah, I I just just looked him up. I had forgotten about him. Like, like I recognized the name, so I, but I was like, I was like, he had to have had a good career. He had but, such a good, yeah, he had a good start, and it, it just obviously crumbled on him. So, so in 2010, they thought he had it, – it was an injury thing for him. That's mm-hmm. that's what happened to him, yeah. Okay. So okay. apparently he had a, mi- a minor knee surgery, uh, and which ended a season in 2010. He was ha- had – he was – he missed – two games of the first six in 2011 and then was on injured reserve. Then he was traded and failed his physical. Okay. Yeah. And he then, then he failed a second physical, which voided the trade and he was released and never picked up again. So that there was, it was a knee injury thing that happened to him. That. I gotcha. Yeah. I just, man, I remember he came out with like, just rocking people and yeah uh, yeah that's a bummer um okay so moving on here to pick number 18 uh and so this is one uh i was kind of between a couple guys here uh ultimately i decided to go with safety calvin Pryor. uh guy was drafted out of louisville by the new york jets in 2014 and he was out of the league by 2017 uh this was a guy flashed some potential only made it 46 games 132 tackles, two picks. Uh, my alternate would have been Bobby Carpenter, uh, who was drafted in 2006 by Dallas. But Carpenter, despite the lack of production, he ended up making it 93 games over the course of his career. And so 
you know, that kind of staying power, whether you're like the main attraction or not, I'm going to give you some love. Kelvin Pryor, man, he, he couldn't even stay in the league. And so, you know, that's my, uh, that's my guy here at 18. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I thought that's the one you were going to go with at 18, especially considering if I remember correctly, some of the, some of the guys that were drafted in 2014 after him, like, like D Ford, um, haha clinton Dix, and uh that's it those I those two you. players so yeah. yeah i can i can see why you would would go there so at 17 there were really two choices for i thought here and and i'm thinking that the reason this is a good reason not to pick somebody named Jarvis, I hear. Because it's Jarvis Moss or Jarvis Jones. Okay. <laughs> well, well and, just don't just don't pick a Jarvis at 17 is what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Don't pick a Jarvis yeah. at 17, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Um, but neither of them really saw the field much. Um, and... Ultimately, I went with Jarvis Moss because total in his career, he played 600 snaps. And it just, it was a disappointment. And this is another Denver one, which is weird. Yeah, I'm surprised. They've, they've had There's so much picks, of- man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, this guy I'm looking at, only 34 tackles, you know? I, he did have six sacks, though. So, I mean, but it, it yeah. just, and I do remember that. He was, like, supposed to be, like, the, the sack man. It just uh, yeah yeah. He, he never played a complete season. Total he total he played fifty three games in his career. Yeah. And he had six sacks, fourteen assisted tackles, thirty four solo tackles, and one forced fumble. And that's what ultimately led to me. I mean, he played five years, six years, but still, 53 games in six years. Yeah, and that's not... To yeah. have have less than one combined, combined tackle a game. Tough sled, tough sled. Yeah. Um, okay, moving up to 16. So this is one where I don't even really remember this guy much, uh, which... I mean, I suppose it makes sense. He only appeared in 14 games and had 17 solo tackles in his career. Uh, I'm talking about defensive tackle Justin Harrell, drafted out of Tennessee by the Green Bay Packers back in 2007. Uh, You know, when I did my digging on this one, because like I said, I don't really remember the guy, I found some article that talked about, you know, Green Bay was kind of stacked at the time. And it was more or less like a luxury pick, like the guy was just the best guy on the board. And so they just had to take him. And uh, it sounded like he had a combination of uh, injuries and a, uh, a bad attitude. And it just, you know, those two things kind of worked against him. And so they bounced him out. So uh, that was my pick here at 16. Yeah, another one that could you could have picked, I think, would have been EJ Manuel. I think, and that just goes with you drafting middle of the first round a quarterback. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, th- I thought he had dis- disappoint a disappointing career. Never really you know, got much going. The strange thing about E.J. Manuel is that, you know, when I'm looking at his stat line here, you know, he had uh, 343 completions out of 590 attempts. Okay, you know, not horrible. Really not horrible. Um, you know, and, and you got to remember, this is like a few years back when, you know, I know you get guys 70-something percent completion now, but, you know, it was only a few short years ago that everybody wanted to be in the 60s. And so, you know, um, but either way, he had in in his time 3,700 passing yards, 20 touchdowns to 16 picks. Plus, he could run the ball a little bit. He had 339 yards and four TDs on the ground. I just look at a guy like this, and I'm like, man, it just seemed like there was something there that just, like, never – I don't know, like it like died on the vine or something, because I always like seeing a guy that has more touchdowns than interceptions. And then you add a few more touchdowns on the ground. And it's like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know where it went wrong with that guy. Yeah. Like you look, look at the game the games he started in, in his career. He never started a full season. He he started 10 games as Rook uh, in 13, 4 and 14, yeah. 2 and then 1, and then he started one game for Oakland in 2017. And he never really had – he didn't have like a ton of att- ton of attempts in, the, in those years. Like he never mm-hmm. – he never eclipsed more than 2,000 yards passing. And – that's where I why I thought it could have been him, but I definitely agree with uh, Harold. Yeah, Harold. Sorry, I drew a blank on his name. It's all right. Well, all right, man. Give me fifteen. All right. So at fifteen, the obvious one is Corey Coleman. Yeah, I, I was just looking at it. Yep. I don't even remember. Like this is one like I, I I told you I was like I I was surprised at how many names I didn't recognize especially at at the so, wide receiver position. Not I want to, to find his, Corey Coleman. Yeah, I want to find his game log because I remember he had like early on he had like some blow up game and I'm not talking like 200 yards blow up but like here let me let me just let me just see if I can find it. All right, so he was 2016. So he had, in 2016, he played in 10 games, had 33 receptions for 413 yards. In 2017, he played in eight games. Yeah, I he guess I'm just looking at the one game. He, he 23 had his... receptions, 305 yards. Yeah, so it's it. here we go. Week two of his career against the Ravens. He had five receptions for 104 yards. And I, I remember that, man. I remember he was like so early in and I'm like, Whoa, the dude just put up a game against the Ravens. And I was like, wow. I was like so pumped. Mm-hmm. I remember I picked him up on my fantasy team and, and it just nothing from there. Nothing. I mean, literally yeah. nothing. He, he went four five, six, seven, however many games without even another catch. Yeah, and it's just like, 
he's just uh and that's interesting so he he was i i i i completely don't remember this i apparently he's still in the league did you know that i did not know that no I, I knew that what was it like the Giants gave him a chance at one point and then they cut him or whatever I don't I don't even remember. So apparently on January of this year he was suspended for the first six games of the twenty twenty one season by the NFL for violating the league's performance enhancing drug policy. Right, he was he, he was a practice squad player. He's a practice squad player with the Giants. Okay. I was just like, I mean, he so much promise. Look, based on his college stats, and yeah, yeah, you can make the argument that he was he was in the Big Twelve, which they don't play defense and it's all passing. But I mean. 20 TDs, uh, 2015, he had 20 touchdowns and 1,300 yards in, in college at Baylor. 2015, was that? Oh, no, that was after, was that after RG3? Yeah, that was way. That's right around the time, isn't it? I just want to look. When it was great. Griffin there. That just occurred. Okay. Work it through. You got it. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying to remember what pick number Griffin was because I know he's on this list somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to flip through it. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but, um, all right, while you, here, while you're looking, I'll jump to 14. So at 14, this is another one of these spots where, honestly, there were a lot of really good picks. And so, you know, that's not what we're looking for. I had to pick a guy. Uh, and This is not like to knock the guy, uh, but I'm going with Chris Williams, the offensive tackle, uh, drafted out of Vanderbilt by the Chicago Bears in 2008. Uh, all in all, I, I definitely would not say that he was a huge bust. I mean, the guy played in 72 games over a six-year career. Uh, you know, I think that you could argue uh, maybe safety Carl Joseph or defensive end Derek Barnett could take this spot down the road if they don't get their shit together. Uh, I just think that they're still young enough in their careers uh, that I, I'm going with Chris Williams because his book's already closed. And those guys, they still got time. Uh, but uh, it just seems like, hey, you know, another solid spot, man. You get the 14 pick in the draft, you should be, you know, happy as heck. Elijah Vera Tucker to the Jets. I'm sure they're feeling pretty good about that pick. Or not. All right, did you find what you were looking for? Yeah, it was it was well well after RG three. RG three was uh, two thousand thirteen. Okay. Or two thousand two thousand twelve. Sorry. Um, I I just just as and then I, when I came back to my my notes, I was like, I forgot to mention 
the the Dwayne Haskins pick at 15 as one that mm-hmm. could have made made the list. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, he's already out of yeah. Washington, and just uh, it, it was obviously a bad pick right away that his or his rookie year, and then then when he finally got in the game, he was too busy to taking selfies with fans to go in and take a knee. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that that was a close second at 15. Okay. Well, why don't you give me 13? So, at 13, there's a lot of good picks at this one. And, the, but this one, the one I think is the, bat, the worst pick is uh, at number, or in 2007, Adam Carricker oh, yeah. to the Rams, defensive end. Especially seeing though, seeing as though picked at 14 was Daryl Rivas, picked at 15 was uh, Lawrence Timmons. I mean, you have 16 that year. I mean, he had decent season. Leon Hall. Like you look at the guys that came that were picked after after yeah. him in 2007. Like I mean. You just you have I mean shit twenty four was was Merriweather. It's just this one. I I don't even know if I can call this call him a bust. No, I yeah I think I this just is think it's just one an these... all around bad pick. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'm good with all that. I I looked at it and yeah I I you know it's one of these ones where it's kind of like hey man all these guys kind of did something and so it's hard to pick on them but I know what you mean. Okay, jumping up to 12, well, let's just get to it. I'm going with quarterback Christian Ponder here, and I don't really like it one bit, but I'm doing it. He was a guy drafted out of Florida State by the Minnesota Vikings in 2011, just shy of 60% career completion percentage. Uh, he did have a few more TDs than interceptions, which I know I was just talking to you about, and he also added an element in the running game. Uh, but he just didn't have that upside potential that teams were looking for. And so uh, he played 38 games, stuck around for about five years. Uh, you know, I really, I wanted to pick DJ Hayden, but, but he continues to get opportunities. So Christian Ponder was my pick here. I think Rashawn Gary and maybe even Henry Ruggs, they're a little bit on notice that if they don't get their shit together, they could be the guy in a couple of years, but they're still young enough that they got time. So, I'm good, good with that. That's that's the only one that I really saw as like one that we could say was was a bad pick. Uh, he had, he showed promise, which is what's yeah. disappointing. Like even even when he was when at his rookie year, or like I I remember him sh- him showing promise in the NFL, and I don't even know what happened. It's like, what the hell happened to him? Yeah, some of these guys, man, I don't remember. But I, I look at the stats, and I'm like, you know, his stat line, I get it. He didn't light the world on fire, but it wasn't like – he wasn't like a turnover machine or something. So, I don't know. They just had him on that tight of a leash or something. But, hey, whatever. Give me 11, man. All right, so at 11, this is one of – 11 is one of those where there's a lot of – a lot of good picks. Yeah. 
I mean, especially when you come more more recently. But going back to 2009 with the Buffalo Bills, Aaron Maven. Oh yeah. Like he had, he did have a good a good season, but it's just like he never was able to repeat anything. And with at, within two years, he was he was gone. Like he was cut. Um, and then picked up by the Jets, but never really amounted to anything. Yeah, he man, he got so much hype coming out of Penn State, and it just it, yeah. I mean, I would say that's a bust pick. Yeah, and and it's a it's a shame too when you look at look at look at the picks that make up the eleven pick to have this one there is like, hey, what were they thinking? Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm good with that one. At uh, at number ten. I cannot tell you how bad I wanted to call out quarterback Matt Leinart, but I'm not going to do it, at least not right now. Uh, my pick for tonight is quarterback Josh Rosen instead. And, you know, Rosen, highly regarded, coming out of UCLA. Um, he just didn't figure, you know, I don't know. Like, there were people saying he lacked leadership. He couldn't communicate with his, his teammates very well. And I, I, I get it. He's still trying to latch onto a team, and maybe his story's not over yet. Lineart, on the other hand, was cocky and just didn't figure his shit out in the NFL. And, you know, you got 33 games played to 20 between Lineart and Rosen, respectively. Rosen still has a shot to turn things around and maybe sink Lineart on this list, but the clock is ticking. The opportunities are running out, and it's Rosen for now. So, so there's, it, I agree with you. It's Rosen. Um, I think Leinart would have been a solid, a solid choice for the worst pick here. If you look at look at number ten, and the last fifteen or what we look at fifteen years, you have four quarterbacks picked. Yep, only one of them. Turn is is good. And I mean Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, well, I guess. I Blaine guess Gabbert's Gabbert, still kind of he's still floating he's, around, you know. He's still floating around, but I mean as a backup, you yeah, liner. But Rosen is the obvious one. He's yeah. just something was, which is weird because talking about it when when going into the draft between the two the UC, UCLA USC quarterback, everyone was saying that. Rosen was ready, and Darnold needed to stay another year. Yep. And it appeared to be the opposite when they got to the NFL. Yeah, and I agree with you. I remember watching the highlights on Rosen, and I thought, wow, this guy, he's leading receivers well. Looked like he had just, like, pinpoint accuracy. And, yeah, I mean, his NFL experience has been like a 180 of that, to say the least. Mm -hmm. All right, man, hit me up with nine. And don't say Ernie Sims. I I mean, you can if you have to. No, it's it's not Ernie Sims. I, I, I want to 
I want to double check on 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 these these stats because I think he this player might still be in the league. Okay. <laughs> um. So I want to I want to double check that, but but ultimately what it boiled down to do on this is I ended up going with John Ross. Oh, okay. And I, it wasn't I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, tell me about it. So so he's picked pick number 9 overall. He he hasn't he hasn't played a full season uh yet, but I mean he has he 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 had four years he hasn't played a full season. He played yeah. played three games his rookie year, thirteen games in eighteen, eight games and three games. And I, I guess he's still kicking or kicking it around. He was apparently signed by the Giants. But he never yard, yards per reception 10 18 eight and a half yeah his his in four years he's hasn't even hit a thousand he hasn't even hit 800 yards yet yeah he was he was supposed to be a burner coming out and yeah you're right he just never or well, at least not yet hasn't figured it out and and considering considering his his last year in college at Washington, he had twelve hundred yard twelve hundred yards on eighty one receptions and seventeen TDs. Yep. No dice. No. See, I thought you were going D. Milliner because you know that was a tough one. They um, uh, they lost Revis. I don't remember how that worked out. If they if they let him go in free agency or they traded him or what. Uh, you know, it's so long ago now. But they went out and they drafted D. Milliner right after that. And they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to just come in and step right in. And uh, nope, not so much. Uh, 21 games, and that's it. 50 tackles, three picks. Not not what they were hoping for. He, he was on the list, but I thought I thought John Ross, and like, I mean, he, he hasn't been able to play a full season, and you're picking him in top 10. It's like, if, if, if this list went back far enough, um, didn't the Lions pick Mike Williams at number nine? Oh, they might have. I don't even remember. It was, you know, so many first round ride receivers for the Lions. It was so bad. And they were all high picks. Yeah. And, and I then, think, it, yeah. And then I he tried out was, as like a tight end for the Seahawks. And it just, yeah, it just, oh, so bad. So bad. Uh, if I could find the right Mike Williams. Let me see. It's probably this one. No. It's the other one. Jeez. Yeah, so let's see. Mike Williams. Oh, I thought I had it. I'm wrong. All right. He's, nope. Sorry. He was drafted 10th. All right. Yeah. Yeah. In 2005. So I, I was a year off. Like, I just remember how terrible that pick was. Yeah. Like, I it was it was lit, one of those picks where it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, it was not good, dude. It was not good. 
Um, okay, let's let's kick it up to eight here. Uh, so this one was a little tougher for me to decide on. Uh, I was between quarterback Jake Locker and cornerback Justin Gilbert. Um, ultimately, I'm going with Justin Gilbert as the bigger bust here. He played in five more games than Jake Locker, uh, but it's a really high spot for a cornerback to get drafted and not perform. I know you know how I feel about that, James. Um, and it just, you know, in 35 career games, Gilbert only had 36 solo tackles and one pick. It's just kind of like uh, an example of Cleveland's, I don't know, sort of like perennial struggles of the past, which, hey, it looks like they finally turned the corner. You know, now we just need the Lions to do it. But, you know, in addition to that, you know, Jake Locker, he chose to retire. He probably could have latched on somewhere else, at least as like a career backup kind of guy. Uh, and I don't know, dude, like this is another one. I look at his stats, 27 touchdowns to 22 picks. And he had 640 something rushing yards. Like I compare like a guy like this to Lineart, and I'm like, man, like I, I just, you know, but hey, he retired. I, I bet he would have gotten a chance just to be, I don't know, riding the pine somewhere just in case, but whatever, neither here nor there. He is gone. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta respect them a little bit for just saying you know I'm not gonna try to to force it. It's it's just not it's not working out. Let's let's move on with my, my life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get that. All right, man, number seven. Who you got here? All right, and I'm gonna say this. I swear I don't hate the Bears. <laughs> I sure. swear I don't hate the Bears. You mean you, you you don't hate them as long as they get Russell Wilson, or that ship has sailed. That ship ship has sailed, sailed, <laughs> sailed. But this one, the obvious one for me, especially seeing as though some of these other guys that were picked here. Hey, look, there's the other Mike Williams. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know. I thought I thought the other thing I thought was interesting was the fact that two years in a row the number seven pick was a Josh Allen. I just saw that, yeah. <laughs> but this is this the, the worst pick here is Kevin White in 2015 to the Bears. Yep. He's apparently he's still in the league. Yeah, I know that San Francisco kicked the tires on him last year because they had everybody and their mom get hurt, but I don't think he did much for him or anything, yeah. maybe. So apparently, yeah, apparently he's still, San Francisco's still kicking the tires on them, on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's, he's been around long enough, man, that they got to just let this guy go. 285 career receiving yards. Oh. In four years in the league, He's played in 17 total games. Yeah. I don't know why people are still hanging on to hope for him. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I. It's just, he has, he has, he has yet to score a touchdown in the NFL. He may not at this point. Yeah. And to pick him this high, it's just, it's, there's no excuses for for him to 
for him to still be this bad. I mean, especially coming out of college, having 1,500 yards his last year there uh, yeah. and 10 TDs. At, it's just there's no – it's just terrible, terrible. 25 total receptions in the NFL. I, I can't say enough how bad this pick was. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, let's move it on to six. Uh, this one, you know, kind of like you just had there is an obvious choice. I had a, a fairly obvious choice here at six. Uh, defensive end Vernon Golston drafted 2008 out of Ohio State to the New York Jets. Uh, this is kind of like your uh, Aaron Maben pick, man. Tons of hype train rolling when this guy came out with how rare of a specimen he was and all that kind of crazy whatever. And his physical attributes just did not translate to the field. Uh, he only played in 45 games and finished with like a weak ass 24 solo tackles. Uh, and so I, I just bad, just bad. I actually, when I was skimming the list at first, I almost went with Barcavius Mingo until I let myself read the full thing. Uh, because it just, that was another guy that distinctly, I remember having the hype train going and just didn't get it. But like, here's the thing, Mingo, somehow has quietly played 126 freaking games. Like I just, uh, it's, it, so it's just, it's that staying power. You don't have to be a beast as long as you can stay in the game. Vernon Golston, tons of hype, fizzled out, didn't work, you know? So he's my pick at six. I would, I would, I would add that Daniel Jones is on notice. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. But I can't agree with you more on Vernon Golson being the worst number six overall pick. All right, man. Give me number five. So at number five, there's two players I really looked at here. There's a lot of good players drafted at number five. Um, I mean, well, one of them I'm unsure if he's going to translate, but I'm really high on, which is Tua. So, I mean... Yeah. But I mean, you have you have you have a lot of a lot of good fucking players drafted here. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, I mean, hey, we're getting pretty high up in the draft, but yeah, I mean, there's and you know. So like when I went through it, the two I thought could be the worst pick was Justin Blackman or Mark Sanchez. Yep. And I ultimately went with the butt fumble. And Mark Sanchez. <laughs> uh, just because... Been, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's like he showed promise at the beginning, and then the wheels just came off. And he just... He was not able to to regain it. I mean, he went to what? Like, didn't he go to, like, two or three AFC championship games? Early on, Yeah. Yeah, and it's they, just like they had a run. Had, yeah, they had, had such a sweet defense back then. Yeah, but the lasting image of him is the butt fumble. Like, yep. Well, and, I mean, here, like, here's another one of these examples that I look at: eighty-six touchdowns to eighty-nine interceptions. I mean, it's like you know the dude is not the real deal if he can't throw more touchdowns than interceptions. 
mm-hmm. and they let him go that long before they finally called it on him. Yeah, and I mean, he was in. I, I just just looked at it. He was in the league a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, he he kind of bounced around as a backup at a few different spots, and yeah, uh, yeah, I don't get it, but you know, it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's just like like he retired in 2019. I remember he did the uh, the sideline. He picked the booger and wiped it on Mark Brunel. And Brunel was like, oh, like, get away from me. And it was, and oh, he had, dude, he had so many, he ate a hot dog on the sideline. Oh. I mean, it was just like, come on, that, Sanchez. That Sanchez? I forgot about that. Oh, dude, he, he did so many, so many things that just, yeah, because honestly, when I look at this, I might have picked Blackman because of only making it 20 games. But Blackman, I don't know, in his 20 games, almost 1,300 yards, it's just, I, I don't know. But, yeah, no, Sanchez, for sure, you got to go with there. Yeah. <sighs> it's freaking Sanchez. It's just, just I, I saw this list, and I was like, butt fumble. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> all right, so moving on to number four here. Uh, four, you know, this one, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know why this one bothers me so much. It might be because I played some linebacker back in the day, uh, but either way, I'm going with linebacker Aaron Curry. Uh, he was drafted out of Wake Forest by the Seahawks back in 2009, and at the time, he was the highest-paid non-quarterback rookie. And in four years, he had just 174 tackles and five and a half sacks. Uh, only played in two games in 2012. That ended up being his last season. I think you could have probably also looked at Gaines Adams on this list. He was kind of like a similar level of disappointment. Uh, but I'm going with Curry because it's rare to see linebackers get drafted this high. And, you know, to his defense, the best I can remember it anyhow, I, I want to say he was an outside linebacker at Wake Forest. Seattle tried playing him inside, and by the time they figured out it wasn't going to work, they tried moving him back, and it was too late. He just, it was done. Like, the game was over for him. And that's kind of why, like, I get picky sometimes when I see teams move a guy out of his college position, because it's like, it doesn't always work, man. And and that may not have been any reason why it didn't work here. It just, it's an example of, you got to be careful, because sometimes that shit don't work. Yeah, on on notice here, I would say Cleland Farrell. Like, oh I, yeah, he has he has a chance. He has a chance. Like, I mean, he's what going into his third year now, nineteen twenty twenty one. Yeah, his yep. third year. So he has he has a chance to turn around. I'd say borderline could have been Fournette, just because he has a low average per carry. Yeah, yeah, for the number four pick. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. And Cleland Farrell, man, that's one where it's almost like not even fair to him because he wasn't on anybody's radar when the Raiders drafted him. Exactly. But either way, he's on the list, and he's on notice. All right, number three, James. So, at number three, this one was a hard... Just do it. This one was a difficult one. Okay. Walk me through it. So, 
first instinct, I want to say Okuda just because he shouldn't have been drafted number three. But I yeah. think that's more because he shouldn't have been drafted number three, not because he's turned out to be a boss. It's hard. The jury's still out on him. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. It's he's young. He's got time. Yeah, but it it was a bad first year. You and then and then I know you want me to say Sam Darnold. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I but mean, he got hey. he got guts. He had he had Gase as his coach, and look what happens when you get away from Gase. Um, yeah, he can be sweet help. now. I wanted to say Blake Bortles, but I mean he's still kicking around in the league, and and he he's done some some good things. Dude, dude, uh, Bortles, 103 touchdowns to 75 picks. He had some talent, or I guess still kind of has some talent, but yeah, he also just in big moments sucked it up. And so, well, you know. Well, the reason I want, wanted to say Bortles is because, yeah, that, that is right. So basically, I forget what year it was. It was like 17, I want to say. When they did the championship run? When they made it to the AFC championship game. And they had New England on the ropes. But the coaching staff didn't trust him enough no. to seal seal the game and completely change the the offensive how they were running the offense in the second half because they didn't trust him enough. Yep. But what it boiled down to me to, and also Vince Young, you could kind of could say is a bust at the, at here. All but, right. So who's it gonna be, man? Who's it gonna be? But, and somehow this guy was traded for a first round pick, which is ridiculous. <laughs> that somebody gave. The Cleveland Browns, a first-round pick for this player. Oh. Was it the Raiders? No, it was the Colts. Colts. They gave a first-round pick for Trent Richardson? Yeah. Holy crap, I don't even remember that, man. I didn't remember that till I did the, the, the – I was looking at it. Yeah, they gave wow. a first-round pick for Trent Richardson. I don't know how. I do not know how. And he kicked around in the league for a while. But, yeah, he was on the Colts. And Jeez. He was traded to the Colts for a 2014 first-round pick. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And then 2000... 14, he lasted two seasons with the Browns. And then he was on practice squads and then went to Canada. But, I mean, he has less than less than three and a half yards of carry for his career. Yeah, I knew I knew that that was super low. Yeah. Less than three, three and a half yards. It's, it's like 3.3, I want to say, or 3.4. And he played in 46 games. Besides his 
take his rookie year out of out of the equation. Yep. He never had more than he had 560 yards in 13 and 519 yards in 14. And it's just I don't know how the Browns got a first round pick for him, which good for them. <laughs> yeah. But well, they probably didn't do anything with it though because they sucked it, it for front. Well, seven actually, years. I think they did. I'm trying to remember. All right, so hang on. You're saying. I think that was the Miles Garrett pick. No way. No way. Yeah. So you're saying so you're saying it was a 2014 pick. Okay. Miles Garrett hasn't been in the league. It was Okay, it was so in 2014 Gosh, I have to look this up now. Like Yeah. Um, I know that they they went out however many years they kept trading the picks and they were like stacking up you know extra picks 2014 Justin Gilbert bust right unless they had unless they had two in 2014 oh my gosh oh my gosh double bust double bust they swung and missed man they swung and missed who was the other guy? So, they, the pick was originally the number 26 pick. Then okay. they traded with Philadelphia for the number 22 pick. Oh, and drafted I just saw Johnny it. Manziel. Oh. Double oh. bust. Well, they, so everybody lost in that deal. Indy lost, Cleveland lost twice, so... Yeah, because that's uh, right. Miles Garrett was the number one overall pick, and that year they had two, two draft picks too. Dude, they had two draft picks in the first round, like freaking twenty years in a row. It was crazy. I don't know how they worked that magic, and their team just still sucked. But they they figured it out now. All right, let's move on yeah, to number cause, two. Because it was seventeen that they had they had the, the number one pick, and then they had another one. I thought. Okay. All right, so at number two, we're getting high up there. And listen, you, you can be nice in this spot or you can oh, be mean in this 17, spot. 17, they had three. They had three first-round picks in 17. Was that – yeah, all right, all right. I, I, I was going to say, was that the Brandon Whedon year? But no, that was that was before. That was That was Njoku, Jabril Peppers, and Miles Garrett. Okay. Well, they got Miles Garrett right. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm getting distracted. Okay. Number two, James. I mean, we're way up there now. And I went through this, uh, went back and forth on some guys and I have, uh, I have a couple things to say, you know, my initial thought was to go with Jason Smith, the offensive tackle, uh, for the Rams drafted out of Baylor back in 2009, played in 45 games you know, largely considered a bust. If you Google him and look at it, you know, people say, hey, he was a bust, okay? But I'm not going to do that because the pick that sticks out to me is, and I'm just going to say, not necessarily a bust, just so freaking underwhelming. 
was Reggie Bush to the Saints back in 2006. I remember there was talk about him potentially being the number one pick going to Houston. And, you know, they drafted Mario Williams and it was like a shock. And the Saints were like, yeah, we're getting Reggie Bush. And then he was never even close to a starting running back. He was always uh, like a third down specialist, special teams player only. And, you know, Sean Payton sucked everything he could out of that guy and got him to do a little bit of stuff here and there. And he was on the team when they won the Super Bowl, I believe. I just think for the number two pick as a running back, that was such a disappointing uh, career for him. You know, I, I think they were expecting some big things and they got a, they got a part-time player. So I understand your perspective on Reggie Bush. I'm going to tell you a trade scenario. Here. Do it. So this team traded up to get the number two pick. They traded the number three pick, the number 67, and then 111. First, third, fourth round selection in that draft. They also traded the third round selection in the subsequent year draft to go up one, sp- one spot oh. to draft this player. Okay. All right. Well, see, now you're going after the organization, James. But go ahead, do it. Do it to it. You say that, you don't got. You say you, it's not that you don't like him, but I know where you're going. That and then this player is now a backup on another team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that would be Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, that's who. That's where I thought when I looked at it, you would go with it with this. I I mean I look I look at the stat line for Mitch and it's like dude, sixty four touchdowns to thirty seven picks. He also had a thousand rushing yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. I mean, the stats really have not been that bad for him. It's when you watch him play. You're like, wow, this guy is like, just not on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I just, I remember watching the 17 draft, and there were, I thought, like, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember. I thought there were a lot of good quarterbacks in in 2017, like. I, not a lot of good quarterbacks, but I thought there were – let me double-check this because I remember when I was watching watching the draft I, and they, they picked Trubisky. Oh, I yeah. was, you know, half paying attention, and I, I, I turned around and said, what? Yep, North Carolina. Let me see. Who were the other first-round quarterbacks? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, hell. Um, Kaiser. Yeah, he <laughs> sucked, but still, he's better than Trubisky. But Mahomes and Watson, and you pick Trubisky. <laughs> hey, it was a mistake. 
It was a mistake. It was a big mistake. All right, man. Give, give me, give me number one, dude. We're there. All right, let's do it. Give me so the top one. pick. Eleven quarterbacks, by the way, picked in fifteen years at number one. Yes. I mean, you know, that's kind of like obvious. That's the mo. Yes, this is probably the worst draft pick in the history of the NFL. Okay. He finished his career. That can't be right. But I have to double check this this stat before I say it. Do it, do it, do it. I think he finished his career with 23 interceptions and 18 touchdowns. I I have to double check this cuz my note has right. to be my note has to be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's right. Oh my gosh, it is correct. Okay. He lasted <laughs> he lasted in the league for 3 seasons. Yes. Snipe and I can say take him out. Possibly the worst pick ever to be drafted into the NFL, and that's Jamarcus Russell. Ding, ding, ding. Winner. Next week, I hope I don't have odds because there's a lot of good fucking picks at number one. <laughs> a lot of teams got it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, you just got to make the best call that you can make. But, yeah, Jamarcus Russell, it was a sad story with that guy, man. I remember the Purple Punch. You know, it was like codeine, freaking slushies, and it just, oh, man. Like another one of these guys that it was just like, didn't even give a shit. It's mm-hmm. like, why, why would you even let the Raiders draft you at number one? If you're just going to be a total piece of shit, man. The only play, only draft pick, and I got to, I want to double check to see where he was. That might, might come close to topping this one. Uh, that is a weird way to, to list his, his draft pick number. <laughs> I have to go to a different site because the the site I went to said he was the 14,184th overall selection since 1960. Hmm. That didn't help. Nope. So he was he was drafted number 2. Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. But at least Ryan Leaf had 3,600 yards passing in his career, as opposed to Jamarcus Russell, who had, oh, actually, it, it's, it's close between them, like 4,000. Like, it's a very, very close interception to touchdown ratio. It's, 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 it's very close between them say which one is the worst pick ever but you know ryan leaf was more in an era where teams ran the ball primarily marcus russell 
was in in the the past now kind of era, and he was the number one overall pick. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm saying it's their stats are closer than yeah. I thought they were. I got gotcha. you. All right, so those are the weakest picks by draft slot. Let's kick it over to the question of the week. James, I'm just being honest. I'm starting to fade a little bit. But we want to do this question. And, uh, you know, I think I'm on the other side from you, and it's just because I feel like I need to see something to believe it. But the question of the week is how much – does the Julio Jones trade really help Tennessee with their Super Bowl aspirations? And, you know, I'll just give you my my two cents, and then you can tell me your opinion. But I've seen articles saying that it gives them basically like a two-game bump in the regular season, going from nine wins to 11. I just am I'm wondering, is this really going to close the gap for them to be able to beat Kansas City? Because that's really what this is all about. And we saw in the Super Bowl this past year how you can beat Kansas City by getting to the quarterback. Uh, And, you know, I I don't know. It's just like to me, it's like, what are they thinking? That they're going to be able to outscore the Chiefs by bringing in Julio? And, I I mean, hey, I get it. You, You know, the team that has the most points wins. I don't know. I guess if I'm just a GM, I would have been going like any way I could to get some freaking pass rushers, man. And um, and then I, I think just about last year with Corey Davis, he had a pretty good year, you know, and and I think there's risk that Julio is in decline. And so it just um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, you know, there there is also the very real possibility that Julio Jones was just dealing with nagging injuries and he's going to light some fucking shit up. So like I said, maybe I just need to see that form come back and be like, Oh yeah, no, makes sense. But I, you know, what do you think, man? So if you ask how much does it help their playoff chances? I would say a hell of a lot. It takes them to probably the best team in the division I had them slightly behind Indianapolis, and I think this t- this jumps them above Indianapolis in the, in the division. If you ask me how it helped them to win a game or two in the playoffs, eh, maybe help them a little bit, depending on how the schedule, how how the playoff rankings, uh, how the seeds line up. To win the Super Bowl, they have no shot at it. So it's it's a hype move, but maybe not a lot of value for the ultimate goal. The problem is, is trading for Julio Jones does not catapult them over Buffalo and does not catapult them over Kansas City. And those are the two teams you have to beat. At least one of those two teams you have to beat, depending on how it lines up. To make the Super Bowl, yeah, you might have to go through both of them to make to make it to the Super Bowl. So then, this is just basically a step closer, and they got to make some bigger moves for 2022, is what you're saying. Yes, it's it's a step closer, and what what they need they they need to they do need to shore up the defense more. While I like the fact yeah. that they signed Dupree and they're they're taking strides in the right dire- direction in that defense, 
the way they're going to make it to the Super Bowl is now that they have they have the offense that can that can get them there. They need the defense that can get them there, and they're not quite there yet. Makes sense, man. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, hey. So for anybody who's still watching, similar to name that stadium. Uh, this is our question of the week. If you got some thoughts, let us know what you think about the question. Uh, and so, uh, James, that's all I had for tonight, man. You got any closing thoughts? No, I think I had all my thoughts throughout. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, so uh, we appreciate anybody watching. Uh, give us that thumbs up if you like the show. If you really liked us, hit the subscribe button. Uh, other than that, we're going to be doing the same kind of thing next week, but we're going to be picking our favorite players from each draft slot uh, for this 15-year period here. So, uh, all right, that's all I got. It was fun, James. I'll catch you later, man. All right, have a good one. Gridiron Grinder, hut, hut, hike!